today's episode was produced by Click Leads Local, Minneapolis's premier video and digital marketing agency. Now, live from the Pinnacle Insurance Agency of Minnesota studio, this is the Local Realtor Spotlight Podcast with your hosts, Angel Telemontes and Troy Thompson. What's going on, guys? Angel Telemontes here with Click Leads Local, and this is your Local Realtor Spotlight Podcast. And today we're with Ken Rife of the Rife Group. Troy, with the intro. Oh, super excited. Troy Thompson with Pinnacle Insurance. I sell insurance, auto and home insurance. And we couldn't be more excited to have um, Ken Rife here in the studio today to uh, talk about basically who he is, talk about the Rife Group, talk about Axia Mortgage. I'm here to be your hype man a little bit, Ken. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. I need hype. Yeah, hype no is good. Doubt. Mortgage, mortgage lending isn't typically hypeable, but that's good. Let's do it. We're going to do our yeah. best today, right? <laughs> Exciting stuff. Oh, no, Maybe no. an arm wrestle at the end if everyone stays okay. tuned. We'll see what happens. Let's get that on video. That'd be right? fun. <laughs> so, super, super easy question. You can probably answer this in one sentence. Okay. Who is Ken Rife? Who is Ken Rife? Uh, let's see. That's a, that's a good one. Um, I'm a mortgage lender, obviously. Um, native Minnesotan. Grew up down in, in Mankato. Um, dad to four kids. Uh, beautiful wife. Uh, it pretty much keeps everything running. Um, really, really excited to you know, have, have taken the venture into what I'm doing today and, and have what I've got um, through the business that we've built. And uh, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, man. Mm-hmm. A hard worker. Tried to try to really keep family first and that's that's a little bit about me absolutely so. i mean you got such a good story too that we yeah. talked about earlier i'd like to sh- you to share that with our audience and by the way we are, we are live right now so anybody out there listening mm-hmm. that might have some questions about buying a home or selling a home or the mortgage process or ken's process <clears throat> excuse me feel free to uh, put those questions or comments in the in the comments section and we'll be um sure to let Ken know about those and ask mm-hmm. him those questions and let him know that you're watching. But um, Ken, you do have an amazing story. And there was that one time mm-hmm. that was a pretty pro- powerful moment for you um, that that made you kind of start 10xing your, your mortgage business and just, sure. and just crushing it. Could you kind of go back, tell us how you got into mortgages and then what that point was when yeah. you just started dominating? Yeah. So um, I think a lot of lenders and whether whether we admit it or not um i don't know that there's any way to start other than from the very bottom and hitting rock bottom it's it's kind of an interesting industry where you know the lessons you learn in in this industry with regards to guidelines and mistakes that you make are lessons learned in blood i mean there's no real like hey i messed up but it's okay we're fine it's hey i messed up we got some problems right so you have those moments and um you know, I started in a large banking environment, one of the big banks, um, right out of college. And, um, you know, I, I would never say that banking was a passion of mine coming out of schooling. That wasn't what I dreamed to be when I was four or five years old. Uh, but it was uh, an industry that initially I fell into. I wouldn't say I was passionate about it at the time. I just, I fell into it, right? And um, the uh, the job immediately after that, when I, I decided to dedicate myself to doing it or, or thought that I was dedicating myself to doing it, um, was a position where I had no idea what I was really doing. When it's all said and done, uh, in, the, in the banking environment for lending, you're there, you're, you've got to be a professional, you got to know what you're doing, but you're kind of an order taker. You're sitting sure. there all day, you're on call, and you're there to serve customers that typically come in. Um, this new world of lending was, hey, I've got to get out there and start evangelizing my business. But mm-hmm. I didn't have an identity. I didn't have any real skills. I didn't even have a good whiff them, you know, what's in it for me type pitch whiff for em, my like clients, that. right? Like I didn't have anything that made people go, yeah, I want to use, I want to use Ken, right? Because I didn't have an identity. Um, so, you know, for, I want to say for about a year, I kind of languished in, you know, obscurity and, and no production. And, um, do you have any kids at that point? I had one kid and we were, we were not doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, bless my wife for sticking around with it and and trusting in the process. And, you know, one day I just said, I've got to really figure this out and I got to put this, this is my responsibility. Um, people aren't going to be walking into my office. They don't have a reason to want to do that. 
Um, and, and the hard part is I had to get good at my craft first. So it was kind of like that moment, like The Pursuit of Happiness. Anyone seen that movie? Oh, love that movie. That's a great movie, right? Awesome movie. And it's uh, that kind of that scene where Will Smith has to make a choice like, hey, we can teach you this. And by the way, you get paid $0 a day for doing it, mm-hmm. right? Like, could you guys imagine doing that? Oh. Like, I'd be like, eh, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it, but no thanks. I, I literally had that moment where it's like, listen, I can learn this industry and become an asset to my clients mm-hmm. and my realtor partners and my insurance referral partners and uh, in general, but I'm pretty much going to have to go through like 60 days of making absolutely nothing. Because when you're putting your nose in a guideline book and you're online doing webinars and stuff, you're not out selling, you're not out creating new relationships. So I did that. Um, and you know, good things happened. You know, I, I, I got out there after that point and started knocking on doors and getting knocking with real doors, estate baby. agents and, um, you it's know, like been, pursuit of happiness. It right? is, it really it is. is. That's, exactly what, what, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. I wouldn't, I wasn't sleeping in a subway bathroom by any means, but, um, you with know, your first child, with no. my first kid, but, um, you know, and, and then, you know, things, you know, luck played a little bit of a part in that. I, I was able to form a business relationship with people that are, some of our best friends now, you know, and, um, for example, one of the big teams we work with, you know, great friends of ours were, you know, connected at the hip on a personal level. And I think that that's kind of been the formula for our group is that we, we care so much personally about that relationship. It really does make a difference. And with Mm -hmm. all the agents that we work with, um, group up in Northeast Minneapolis, we just connect on a level that works really well. You know what I mean? And, um, it is. It, it, it's it's to a point in my business now where I get to choose partners that have the same values, have that same drive to perform at a high level. And um, we've been really lucky in being able to have relationships like that. Like and that. that just builds off of, you know, the previous stuff. Oh, so, so it's good. cool stuff. And you're a young guy. Yep. And I want to talk more about your family. You have four beautiful daughters, a beautiful mm-hmm. wife, and mm-hmm. you're only 30 years old. And when I was 30... Yeah. I didn't even know how to wash my clothes. You know? I, still don't, I still don't know how to do that. <laughs> Come on. We're working on that. Washing clothes. But you make enough money right. to have <laughs> But seriously, I want to go back into the business aspect of things. Like what came first, the, the friends or the business relationship? The business relationship for sure. You know, um, when you're when you're, you know, looking at your bank account every day and realizing you might not have enough to pay the mortgage next month, you really do have to prioritize and say, Hey, listen, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do whatever it takes to, you know, earn my side of things and and earn my keep. But, um, the thing that keeps great real estate agent and lender relationships together, number one, there's accountability on both sides, right? Um, both sides have to be good at what they do or the other side's going to get real sick of that real fast. Right. Um, like if I'm working with angel and we're working on video shoots and he's doing a terrible job, but I like the guy personally, we're probably not going to have a business relationship for very long. Right. We might have a beer still. Maybe depends. (laughs) If angels buying. Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. Um, but you know, I think there's got, it's such a hard balance to find and it's, Mm. it, and it really is, and you deal with that in your day-to-day relationships, there's going to be professionals in the industry that you're going to fire and say, hey, this just isn't sure, worth it. Sure. You know? Yep. And I like the guy. Just oh, every time I get a, 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 a client with them, something always goes wrong, right? Sure, sure. Um, and, and being at this level of what we've done and how we've built, we're able – it is. It's, it's a luxury that we're, we're very blessed to have is that we get to say yes or no to the – partnerships that we form not to say that we're better than anyone it's just hey do we work really well with this real estate agent and people clients sometimes don't realize it and i love to say real estate insurance Uh, actually insurance is one where you can correct the mistake right i i I went with another guy at state farm and i i I really like troy i trusted him and i went with him and Oh, never mind. I'm going to go back to Troy. But sure, like, yeah, we'll in re- real- reach out to you in nine yeah, months. Yeah, exactly. See you back. <laughs> but like in, in real estate, I always say it's kind of interesting. Like it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. Like if the client makes the decision to go that other direction, they're gone. But you being right is irrelevant. They've already right. bought the home. They've already gotten the loan. They've already gotten the financing. That's done. It's kind of done. And so it's about every, what, five, six years that somebody maybe, moves. Yeah, something maybe like something along those lines. And you know, so we, what we try to do is we try to educate up front and we try to have that, but the relationship with the lender and 
the agent, it really is important. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's a lot of protections out there federally about things that you can and can't do with an agent. But I can tell you, a personal recommendation from a real estate agent is very valuable because of the fact that you know you you have that trust that's been built. There's a workflow that the lender and and the agent are in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a big part of why the Rife Group has succeeded in 2018 and and hopefully beyond is because we have a process that works with agents and we have a process that works with our partners that we pick and we want to work with and with our clients for sure. Absolutely. On that, we have actually a Facebook question. And the question is, what's the common denominator between the people you work well with and what's the common theme between those that you've stopped working with? Yeah, you know... um, that's, you know, that's a great question. I, I think there's two phases to it. Number one is I don't, I work really well with, with um, and again, it's going to be different for every lender, right? There's going to be lenders with different tolerance levels for different things. The, I think the, the big thing is that we're, we're professionals and we know our job and, and, you know, some lenders admittedly don't and ask Ken Reif seven years ago, I wasn't a very good lender. I didn't know my stuff like I should have known that, right? But the working professionals, the the good loan officers know what they're doing. And I think you get, if you have those agents and no fault to their own, but want to control from beginning to end of the transaction, it makes it a little bit harder for us to get our job done. Um, if there's not good communication, that needs to be communicated over. But then the other side of things is just reliability and communication. The core concepts of what every real good salesperson should have if i need something from the agent because it is a very it, you know this is this is a team sport this is not you know this is not a hey you sit back hand me the contract sit back and then don't be involved sure, sure. if we need to come back to you for things and it takes 10 days to get that done or if we want to try to communicate and work through you with the client on questions that might be um might be there i think that's another thing too um Communication is communication. Right? It, it really comes down to communication and how good it is. And um, admittedly, there's there's good agents and there's bad agents. There's good lenders and there's bad lenders. And I think um, you know our our jobs are stressful enough. If we have let agents that take care of their side of things well, they have a good upfront process and set good expectations. I think that's the biggest thing is when mm. an agent sets a bad expectation for what the lending experience is going to be, mm. and we have to go back and try to you know, don't overpromise. Correct that. That that makes it hard too. So that's those are the things I would say. And then there's also the personal level, right? Mm, are, do right. we get along? Is you know, are you yelling at me every five days because <laughs> I don't have the clear to close sure, yet? I think sure. those are things that that affect it too. So yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a high performer, and you have friendships with all of your realtor partners, and it's probably very synergistic. I mean, you work if you work well with someone, you're talking, yeah. you're communicating more. You work you work with people you know like and trust and you're yep. also friends with those people right yeah yep so um yeah very good stuff and just to get back to family and like how do you keep the balance because you're one the top one percent of all mortgage broker mortgage okay let's go back mortgage banker and mortgage lender what's the difference in that sure um so every, there's loose definitions everywhere what we what we typically say as a mortgage banker or or um uh, you know a mortgage uh, i guess a, a bank mortgage officer um and this is just from my experience i i'm fully licensed so like i have to go through a licensing course required learning i have to get continuing education every year i have to test in federally and statewide to get my certification into practice um you know on the mortgage bank and that's not saying one's better than the other it's just a difference between the others Mm -hmm. so like um uh for the bank that i worked at um back in the day the big the the larger bank i didn't i didn't technically need that at well i didn't need that um to do mortgage lending so um you know we we also say typically there you know there's a direct and a correspondent route there's wholesale there's retail there's a whole bunch of different lines of mortgage lending when it comes down to it um a lot of it is semantics i know an incredibly talented non-licensed mortgage bankers um i know incredibly incompetent (laughs) licensed mortgage lenders i mean it's just the way that it is um but that's kind of the differences in in our certifications and how we you know how we're able to practice and to what degree we're able to practice so for example too i can't practice or i can't lend in any state other than minnesota can't do it so if you're looking to buy a home in hawaii 
I cannot help you with that. I will come help you look with you in Hawaii if you want, but I can't, (laughs) I can't help you get that loan. So, um, whereas like a a mortgage lender out or mortgage banker, maybe a Wells Fargo rep, they can do 50 States, stuff like that. So, yep. Um, There's plenty of abundance, plenty of opportunities right here in Minnesota, right? Mm Mm-hmm. No doubt. But going back to my question about family, I mean, you like to dominate, you're dominating in business and you're also dominating as a family man, but I know you have some even bigger goals for 2019. And, uh, I know like Brian Buffini, I was just watching one of his things and it's all about responsiveness and getting back to the client and so Mm -hmm. forth nights, weekends, even it's like, how do you balance it with four kids? You have four daughters. Yeah. Oh my God. Four girls, man. Um, (laughs) my wife's listening. I don't balance it very well. (laughs) She does it. Um, you know, I'm not a big cliche guy. Um, I've never been one, but I, I think the Silicon Valley cliche has it, has it nailed. You think of the end user first and then, you know, the product and the sales and the, and the growth is going to happen organically. Um, you know, that's really, I can't control the market in 2019, right? I can't control, um, a buyer losing their job. I can't control, um, my appraisals coming in low uh, or whatever the case may be. Those things don't happen very often, but I can't control that stuff. What I can control is, you know, how well are we communicating? How well do we keep the agents in the loop? Um, How well are we communicating with agents? You know what I mean? Um, I think the thing that differentiates us from a business perspective, and then I'll go back to the personal side is that I I've been, I've been at the low depths of, what mortgage lending has, right? I've seen the bottom. I've I've climbed out of a 2001 Honda Civic with a door that didn't work to go knock on doors and had no business oh, in my pipeline. Love that story. I've been there, right? Mm. Um, I don't want to be back there again. So you know, I think there's different there's different levels to success. I operate, and I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but I do. I tend to operate out of a little bit of a place of fear because I don't want to ever want to be back there again, mm-hmm. right? I've been there. I've done that, um, and I know that the agents that I work with and the relationships I've had, I probably won those from a lender that didn't give it a hundred percent every day. And there's days where I wake up and I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to give it a hundred percent. Maybe I'm going to give it 95 today. We'll see what happens. There's always going to be somebody out there wanting to work with who I work with, right? Wanting to take that, that place. And so I, I go in every day, just going, this is day one, day one. I could lose it all tomorrow if I don't do the activities that have gotten mm-hmm. me to this point, right? So professionally, that's that's where it comes from. I um, you let the fear motivate. I, you. I mean, yeah. I hate to say it, but I mean that. I mean, a big part of my job is I don't like I lose sleep over things when they go wrong, right? I don't get excited about things when they go right. That's par for the course for me. That's just kind of the way it is. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, and that's you asked me that question I day did. one, and it's like, man. Now that I that's think about it, that's a tough question. Yeah. Not, I don't, I don't, I don't want to lose. You know, uh-huh. I don't want to fail. And um, you know that a, a big part of that comes in from the fact that I have a family to provide for. I've got four daughters. Uh, unless something changes socially drastically in the next eighteen years, I got four weddings to pay for. <laughs> um, I still think equality, man. There should be half and half, but that's just my <laughs> my take for it. Um, so um, yeah, and then on the personal side of things, you know, I there's been a huge shift uh, paradigm wise for me about my business. I would work 60, 70, 80 hours a week, a few years back. And my wife will tell you that it was, it was, it was brutal. And I learned that again, another benefit of working with great agents and people that care about you personally, and you care about them personally. And we do every agent I work with, there's a personal side to that, that I care about. And that's not business wise. That's Mm -hmm. not disingenuous i mean it like you'll go you'll over know and help pretty them quick. move on the weekend yeah exactly you'll, yeah. you'll know pretty quick if we're gonna if we're gonna get along or not and and i'm not gonna try to be a bser about that like it's got to be organic and we want that to happen because when the metal meets the meat those genuine relationships are going to pull through right oh so um, true it's all relationships yeah and, and bringing your family oh. into it and just knowing like you know there there's there's more than just their hours at work that they're caring about and there's a family behind everything and that's what we have is we have four four girls that are amazing great kids um we're starting to get into the activities which has been 
brutal. I just gotta tell you, <laughs> oh, um, there is nothing oh. worse than loading four children into an SUV to go to gymnastics. Okay, oh. but there's also nothing better than that, oh, right? Yes. So why do you work so hard, right? Well, exactly, exactly. So um, you know, the family side of things has just been—it's uh, been a challenge, but it's been a blessing. We're pretty, pretty lucky. I was reading so. a tweet by Ty Lopez this morning. He said, "It's life is a constant battle of enjoying what you have." And striving for more, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. never an easy decision. It isn't. Right. It is. But um, yeah. let's change it up a little bit. What's yeah. the last app you downloaded on your phone? Ah, ah okay, that's a good one. So, <laughs> um, really excited. Just recently got my uh, Snap Fitness membership. I want a royalty from Snap Fitness wherever you are. There we go. Because oh, wow. I'm sure giving you down. some advertising here. <laughs> um, but they have this awesome. Um, well, they have this app where you have to download to watch the TVs or to listen to the TV audio. So it's called Tunity. That's the last app I downloaded. Oh, cool. Also just a plug to let everyone know. I, I do have a gym membership, so you know, I'm not a complete pile to go of garbage. To, to said gym, dude, I I'm a nighttime gym person. Oh, I, wow. I'm not an early morning riser. Sorry to everyone out there that is Gary Via. You're an early morning oh, yeah. guy. Oh, I yeah. I wake up and I've got. Troy Thompson on my newsfeed, and he's been up for like four hours boxing no, or something. No it's, like, it's like, wait, what? It's like, hold on, man. Like, <laughs> let's just take it easy here for a second. But like, I do have an alarm on my phone to go to bed at eight twenty-three p.m. Yeah. See. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No. That's, see, I gotta get. Early. I gotta convince four kids <laughs> to, go to go to bed at eight. I've got a video on my phone. And I'll have to show it to you sometime of like literally a five-minute video of me trying to convince oh. my second youngest to put pants on, and that's bedtime <laughs> times oh, twelve. Boy. Okay, so um, oh, super fun though. No, but uh, yeah, I go to I go at at nighttime. That's that's my time. There you go. Yeah. Um, and you're you're willing to share. I mean, I don't think you do have secrets, but the secrets aren't anything but building relationships. But for the, for the mortgage brokers out there, and this is kind of from the abundance or scarcity Mm -hmm. and i'm just going to ask you that in general what do you believe in abundance or scarcity in what way you mean there's a in uh let's say specifically in your business okay like are you willing and and you know not afraid to share your your secrets to success gotcha for sure yeah i think um i think we all as as lenders have a responsibility right um specifically the new wave of lending that's happening right now we've we got a lot of repairing to do from 10 years ago you know it's it we we did this to ourselves right and i think um the number of times and the gravity of the situation really really hits you when you get a borrower and i i just had one close um last week um great clients we're not going to drop their name but they had um run into some stuff from the meltdown, right? The mortgage meltdown and they lost their home. Like a decade ago, roughly? Yeah, you know, and you gotta you gotta really like take those moments to say, hey, listen, like, I got you. Like, I've never lended in that era. I can't tell you that I know what it's like to charge someone five points to get a, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't know, I've never done that style of lending, but we have a responsibility as lenders to originate, you know, effectively transparently responsibly right um so i always get super upset when i see these articles and these ceos of companies posting awesome we're loosening lending standards lucky for us it's like yeah lucky for your pocket but you know i wouldn't go around advertising that you know what i mean like let's not advertise the fact that you can do 500 credit score loans. You know what I mean? I, and, and don't get me wrong. There's a place for that if you're willing to educate mm-hmm. and you're willing to be a good steward. But put people in positions that they can succeed, right? right. And, um, you know, so from my perspective, I've always pitched there's two people in lending. You're either a, you're either the good guy in the movie or you're the bad guy in the movie. And and it's, honestly, you've got you've to make that choice because there's little decisions throughout your day that create which which side of that you're going to be on mm-hmm. but there really is a dichotomy you're either a good person or you're a bad person and you know which one you are mm-hmm. whether you want to admit it you for can some just reason i'm thinking of a diehard yeah right with uh john what's john's last name which one bruce willis bruce willis against yeah. john, hans john. yeah hans is a bad guy well, it's, it is christmas right is this the tired <laughs> argument of his, his diehard a christmas movie but yeah oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no and I think that's really what it is, is there, and I think if you're a lender and you're a loan officer watching this, and this is, 
this is tough, but you've got to make those decisions day in and day out. Is this a, am I going to be one of the good people of this industry or one of the bad people of this industry? And anyone that's sat down with me or, or networked with me knows that that's, I feel really strongly mm. about that point. It's and we have to make a choice. So I'm always willing to go out there and share my vision for what the future of lending should be. Um, everything happens for a reason. We're going to have a little bit of a slowdown. And we talked about that, the market. And as hard as it is to buckle down and bear down and, and, and slum through it, this is good for the industry to have some inventory out there. And we'll mm. touch on that later, I'm sure. But, you know, I think everything kind of happens for a reason. Um, and that's how I feel about it. So, yeah, I'm always willing to share. I'm always willing to share our vision. I'm always willing to sit down and kind of coach loan officers on what has helped me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I've got things to learn, too, every day. But I, I'm more than happy to share my vision. So you can sure. still be the good guy and dominate, right? You know, yeah, that's for right. sure. For sure you can. And maybe and, that's why you dominate. Yeah, you know, and, and do do things the right way, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, um, I hate the saying, like, the, the, is it the nice guy always loses or something yep. like that? I hate nice that. Nice guys finish last. Yeah, nice yeah, guys no. finish last because, like, in business, that's so that's so against what I believe, right? Um, so, yeah. So you touched on this a little bit, and I want us to uh, dip our beaks in it a little bit and splash it around. Um, a decade ago... Things were really loose and lax. And then you touched on it like you can see some of the yeah. things repeating themselves. Yeah. Is there some sort of um, red flags that we should be preparing for yeah, as far as a bubble yeah. kind of thing? Because yeah. history repeats itself, right? Yeah. I, I think one thing that every loan officer needs to add into their vernacular in, in their everyday conversation with buyers is, hey, you know, can I give you my opinion? on this, right? It's so often that we don't interject our opinion in things, but you know, for example, we're going to do 140 of these this year, right? So That's I have phenomenal. experience in lending. My clients are very likely doing one of those this year, of course, right? Yeah. In the next Unless six. Right? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. You know, like why we need to be out there giving our opinion more about what we feel is right or wrong. Now, of course. you know, we get to look at we also have to factor in, and, and I this this gets my goat every time, is um, yeah the system says you can buy a home for sure like you're you're in the limit. Have we factored in the fact that we're not counting your utilities, we're not counting your your Netflix bill, how much money you spend at the grocery store, Christmas lights, yeah Christmas lights, you know like ju just in general we're not we're not focusing in on the things that don't show up on your credit report. It's your responsibility as a buyer to tell me what your spending tolerance is. And then we should probably talk about what that means for you in two, three, four years down wow, the road, right? So, And that's not necessarily something you need to do. If they qualify, they qualify, right? For but sure. You're, you're yep. looking, you have their back. Mm -hmm. Even uh, as far as, hey, you might qualify for a $500,000 mortgage. Yep. Maybe we you should suggest. only focus on four hundred. Yeah, right. or or like maybe that. we have a conversation about why you think that that's realistic. Is there a raise? Is there a bonus I'm not seeing? Do you have a trust coming in that we don't know about? You should probably tell me about that trust right. coming in. Right. <laughs> Stuff like that. Right. Maybe like, get a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I give you my Christmas list, and you can shop for your favorite lender. Um, those are things that I think we need to start doing as an industry. Right? It's just we need to deep dive deeper. The the guidelines are going to continue to change and evolve and and maybe loose and maybe tight. It just depends. I don't think we're going the way of the tightening right now, which is a good thing for consumers from a hearing yes perspective. But I think as that, as that continues to grow, it's our responsibility as lenders to sit down and say, Hey, you can, but should you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like things like that, like sure. little things that come up and we're never going to be people to talk people off of something, but we're always going to say, have you looked at it from this perspective right. yet? Have you done, have you done your calculations on what this is yet? You've got a kid coming. Do you know how much childcare is? <laughs> yes. Cause I got four and I can tell you <laughs> it's uh. more expensive than my mortgage. You know what I mean? So like little things like that, that we should be putting in there and, and giving advice. That's our job to uh -huh. give advice. You know what I mean? That's so, great. That says a lot about you and yeah. your character. To, yeah. do, so to, to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you, you talked a little bit about the shift coming up. So let's mm -hmm. dive into that a bit with uh, mm -hmm. 2019 inventory being on the market longer, more inventory. Right. Your colleague, Teresa Decker, was even talking about um, mortgage compression, which I still don't fully even understand margin, what that margin is. Margin compression. Or yeah, margin, yeah, yeah. Yeah. margin compression. There so, we go. So margin compression, number one, it doesn't and shouldn't matter to consumers 
technically, that's not really their problem, right? It doesn't matter how much, you know, the CEOs of Chase Bank, Bank US Bank are making. That who okay. cares about that crap, okay. right? What does matter is um there it's it's a it's a trickle down effect, you know, where you are gonna be affected as a buyer is when when a when a company isn't making as much money off of you, I don't know what that does. I mean, some companies are like the consumer will always be first, but you got to be wary. Some banks are going to cut corners. They got to cut staff. They got to cut um, technology upgrades. You got to do that stuff. Margin compression isn't something, and this is what's so funny. Margin compression isn't something that just happened overnight. We've been, again, doing this to ourselves since 2008. The industry has been you know, slamming money in, slamming money in, investors, hedge funds, capital market investors. Everyone's just been slamming money in. And the game has always been to beat the next market you know, competitor. And, um, and again, I'm not a CEO. I'm not even a branch manager. I'm not someone that looks at profit and losses every day, but I can tell you, um, the industry is kind of every year we've kind of kicked the can down the road and we're finally hitting it. Q4 of last year is when we really started seeing those things happening. And essentially all it means is that the industry originators are making less money per loan than they have before. And, and, um, I don't know how we correct that. I know smarter brains than me are working on ways to do that. Um, you know, LO comp is one thing that's got to get looked at. I think, um, and I'm, I'm in agreement. There's some loan officers out there that are getting, we're just getting paid too much money to do some of this stuff, but um, you know, it's not an easy job. So from our perspective, I see why that's, mm-hmm. why that's happening. But um, then in addition to that, you're seeing the market quote unquote, slowing down a little bit. Um, that's just kind of inherent, right? People don't love moving in the middle of snowstorms, blizzards, and negative 20 degree temperatures like we have here. Um, but I think that could be a good thing for for buyers next year is that we're gonna go into a world where you're not gonna have seven offers on that home. And if anyone's listening that went through the market last spring, you get that oh, pain it point. Crazy. It was brutal, right? You put for an offer in, you get, to, you get to look at the house for 15 minutes and then you better be going back to the office to write an offer or you're not gonna get that house, right? So you don't have the time yeah. to like think about this and to like focus in on your financials. It's like, oh, we liked the house. It was like an eight out of 10 and we got to offer it's in our this, range, right? we got to go. And exactly. they get burned the first five burned, or 10. And then they're not even mm, looking at the house. It's like it's you're getting like, discouraged. Huh. So, you know, there's this going to be this buildup of inventory. It's going to be tough and we're going to see that. And we're going to see the, you know, the, the days on market's going to start to accrue, but inventory levels increasing is never, a, it's not a bad thing, right? I think we got to remember that giving more options to buyers is always a good thing. Um, it's going to be a little bit tougher on your sellers, but agents can't go in there saying, I'm going to sell your home in 24 hours. Guaranteed mm-hmm. it's happening. Like that's just not going to be the world no. that we're in next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to be prepared for that too. So Awesome. How are you utilizing technology um, specifically and maybe even with um, the Rife Group and Axia? Yeah. Um, I think to survive in this world of lending, you got to have tech. You know, um, I always joke with newer agents that I sit down with is like, if a, uh, if a mortgage lender sits down in front of you and starts talking about how great their tech is, go ahead, feel free to ask for the tab, get up and leave because like no one cares. It's in one ear out the other. Right. <laughs> um, I can't sit across from someone and be like, here's the reasons why Axia home loans is so good. We have this, we have this, this is par for the course guys. Like having Everyone good tech, it. having user-friendly tech, having a good origination system, like those are like your standard. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the welcome pack when you get to your job, like having pen, <laughs> pencil, and a working laptop. That is that is mortgage lending 101. You got to have good tech. Um, you really do to be able to survive in this industry. And that does come down to margin compression too is because if you have inefficient tools, it's going to take longer for that loan to get through. It's going to cost more money. That's more hours. That's less profit to the, to the mortgage originating company. So... Um, tech is evolving because it has to evolve for mortgage industries to stay alive and to stay solvent and, and able to be, you know, successful in their years. So tech plays a huge part. Um, I don't ever go out there and talk about how great my tech is because my tech isn't greater than anybody else's. It's about, it's about the same, right? It's, you know, um, like Ken Griffey Jr.'s bat was no better than anybody else's bat. He just swung it better, right? Sweet swings. Sweet swing. Yeah. And so Angel it's how you use baseball. that. Love did you really? I did. I loved it. He's yes. a college baseball player. I did not ever play baseball. <laughs> so yeah, I love I'm, you're welcome for Great that analogy, for though. I threw it in for you. Oh, so, I love it. Brilliant. But, um, yeah. yeah. 
So, tech is is tech. Yes. What's your whiffum? Like what when you go out and talk to a new realtor that you you have you're targeting or a potential new client, like what's your what's in it for me? Like how do you differentiate yourself? Right. So, um I've I used this the other day with one of the newer lenders in our office and it's it's kind of funny. So, with real estate agents specifically, right? I I'm going to come and sit down in front of them. And, you know, let's say they've been in the business for six, seven years. If I'm walking into that meeting, assuming they don't have a lending relationship, I'm an idiot. Like they for sure do. Yeah, like, and they should, they've Absolutely. been in this business for over half a decade. You better have somebody that you're working with. Right. Um, it's really hard to articulate why we're better, or why we think we're better at what we do. We just, you know, I, again, the, the analogy I've used is, I know when I'm coming in there, I'm like in fantasy football, right? Like I'm the guy Strategy. getting picked up off the waiver wire and I'm going <laughs> to sit on Connor? that. James Conner? Well, hey, hold on now. <laughs> James Conner has carried my team. I can't even call that guy. But like that's that's what we aspire to be. We aspire yeah. to be the James Conner, the unexpected uh -huh. person that comes in and can crush it. Philip Lindsay. Ooh, that guy just beat me the other day. I'm pretty mad about that. <laughs> Still I'm not kidding you. I can show you. Philip Lindsay single-handedly crushed me and kicked me out of the playoffs last oh, week. So, but um, I, I really do like using that analogy. And I'm an analogies guy. But like, I know that when an agent is willing to sit down with me that's and, and put me in their Rolodex or in their quick, you know, Rolodex, the cell phone, right, as it. a contact, um, I'm I'm going to sit on the bench for a while, man. And I'm, I'm a – I'm one of those fantasy pickups that's like, yeah, you're on my team. I'm never going to use you. You're going to sit on the bench until <laughs> like one dollar. Yeah, <laughs> they just happen to be like number two waiver pickup and bet a dollar on it. Yeah. Right. So and, and I know that and we've got to show that value. We've got to be willing to get out of our comfort zone and prove ourselves. Right. Because mm -hmm. it takes a lot to want to replace James Conner at the beginning of the year mm. with a guy like David Johnson. Yeah. Right. I like, drafted Bell, no one ever would have done that. Yeah, I did too. Trust me, I did it. So painful. Um, so our our job is to make sure that we come in there and we're every single time we're we're running for 150 yards and two touchdowns every time, mm -hmm. every single time. And that's you know that's either communicating like crazy, that's um, having all the tools in place, that's having the right programs that are going to work. Um, I always cringe when I have to say no to an agent that's like, hey, here's one of my turn down deals at this bank, can you do it? And I'm like, no, I can't because it's, it's not a lendable loan, but you know, I can knock it out of the park for you on the next one and whatever the case may be. Um, so we've built our process around making sure that we are every single time leaving customers feeling really, really happy with what they've got, um, making sure that we're delivering that, that closing on time. We're communicating with the borrower every step of the way, giving them absolutely no reason to be upset with the process or the fact that we were referred. Um, and that's what we've got to do. That's the WIFM is we over, we really overdo it on making sure everyone's happy and then delivering on what we said we were going to do at the beginning. And mm -hmm. we have marketing tools. We have stuff that, like that. Um, but most, most importantly, we want to create a really awesome relationship with the agents that we're with. And we don't work with every agent. I'm not knocking on every single door right now. We want to work with really, really good real estate agents and we hope that they want to work with us. Um, but it takes time and it takes a lot of time to develop that. And we don't mm -hmm. try to force anything either. So. so you have that initial meeting, you say what you just said, which I mean, you're a super sharp guy. So if I was a realtor, I would be like, all right. I'd definitely be willing to talk to Ken and give him a deal because he sounds sharp. I'm sure he is sharp. Mm -hmm. You've done what, 140 deals about this year? Yeah, we'll which close out close to that. Yeah, definitely yeah. top one percent, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, that's that's great, Angel. Do yes, you have I, any? Yeah, the one question I have now is talking more about tech. Mm -hmm. So you know, you have your your relationships and stuff with uh, the realtors and agents that you have, but now with things like next door and uber mm. and amazon getting into real estate what does the mortgage industry look like when real estate becomes or is becoming maybe more of like an automated tech type of yeah and a lot less of the personal real estate agent yeah i think there's thing. an a that's a great question and i think <laughs> it depends on who you ask right you ask the people running it and they're gonna be like this is the future this is it mm -hmm. and then you ask people that are in our jobs and we're like Good luck. Good luck with that. But it's amazing. Work. Like no one thought Quicken was gonna take off the way they did. 
right? And they did. I mean, there's 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 always going to be a demographic of DIYers, right? Do-it-yourselfers, and they can get through it. And, and, and I'm going to save a few hundred thousand yeah, bucks, and I don't care. A hundred thousand would be make it incredible. Think. If there was a hundred thousand dollars in savings to be had between <laughs> me and Quicken, I'd say go to oh, Quicken every time. But, like, um, you know, mortgage lending has to get techier, for sure. We're, we're at a, we're at a point and this, that's, you know, from my perspective, that's my CEO's job. That's my COO's job. That's my CTO's job is to get those tools in place and let me originate right now, but they better get moving on that stuff. Right. For sure. There is, you focus on the relationships, right? I focus on the relationships and, and if we, you know, I just two years ago, I stopped taking applications on a notebook, piece of notebook paper. It was secured and locked up in my drawer. I promise if the DOC is watching this, it was secured. <laughs> but like I, I was taking paper 1003s and paper applications and things changed. They evolved. I don't do that anymore. Number one, because I'm not making nearly as many mistakes because I can read a computer screen and sometimes I couldn't read my writing, you know, <laughs> s- silly things like that. But like, um, so tech's going to evolve and we as lenders have to be willing to adapt to that. It's going to play a huge part in, okay. in order in what you're saying. It, and, and will Amazon get into the arena of mortgage lending? I mean, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Basil's opened a grocery, acquired Whole Foods. I never thought that was going to happen. Right. They got, uh, you, you can never count that stuff out. Um, and I think those are things that are as much as we're going to hate them as competition. Mm-hmm. Those are things that are going to drive us to do better and be better as, as mortgage origination companies for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And I don't think Amazon yeah. knows what kind of space they're going to, what, yeah. what kind of role they're going to play in the mortgage mm-hmm. space. I don't know that they know that. Um, what I can tell you is that of the top 30 mortgage origination firms in the country, okay, mm-hmm. like think about that for a second. I read the number somewhere like Quicken Loans is like number one. Mm. in mortgage originations nationwide. Do you know how much market share they have? Ten. Probably no. less. It's like, I think it's like four or five yeah. percent. I could be wrong on that, but check and check me. Um, Loan Depot, big name nationwide lender. I think they're at like 2% or something mm. like, or that I, is... I don't, it's just crazy the amount of like, that means there are literally thousands of mortgage lenders out there mm-hmm. and people are using literally a thousand different types Absolutely of mortgage abundance. lenders. So. Well, Brian Buffini was talking about <clears throat> who's the, lowest, the most loyal uh, consumer out there as far as demographics. Like there's the baby boomers, Gen X, millennials. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say probably the boomers, you know. That's what uh, I would think too. Yeah. They're the least loyal. Yeah, He said tough. the millennials, they will yeah. look online, yeah. see your presence online. But they want to buy from. They will ask people who to buy from, and then yeah. they they yeah. will want, they they desire that relationship. So yes. the hard the hardest part about lending, and if if I could get a megaphone in real estate in general, is and I, sometimes I I wonder if I should be saying this at all, which which I do. I've come to the conclusion that I am <laughs> going to say it because I feel this way. We formed so many bad habits after the crash for real estate. Okay. Like, and, and I know this sounds a little bit abstract, but follow me here for a second. I feel like we've created so many bad habits in real estate lending, mm. and here's, here's why. Um, prior to 08, well, okay, let, let's just say leading after the crash, we created an entire generation of buyers that believed that 3% was par for the course, was the standard rate, okay? When in relative terms, if you look back at a 50-year mortgage snippet, 3% is like, what? Yeah. What in the world? But mm-hmm. there is an entire group of people that bought their first homes in that span where 3 to 3.5% was the standard 30-year fixed rate. That's a bad habit because now people think of it in terms of like every eighth of a point is like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Which, don't get me wrong, those are important things. And with the home values increasing like the way that they are, that, that makes a difference. We had an entire group of sellers that were selling their home for the first time that felt <coughs> multiple offers was the way to go. And th- selling is easy. I don't care. I can do FISBO. I can, f- you know, for sale by owner this thing. There's nothing to it, right? I got multiples. I shouldn't have hired that agent. I had multiples on Look the first day. Look at all the day. money that agent made. Man, oh, man. This, <laughs> is gonna, this is going to end soon. And the role that tech plays, the role that... Um, trusted advisors play relationships hugely mm-hmm. important and and there is going to be a there is going to be a sharpening of pencils and a uh, sharpening of edges with regards to the professionals in this industry because 
times are going to get a little bit weirder. They're going to get tougher. Do you Industry see a lot is of not uh, an exodus like of uh, realtors and mortgage uh, professionals? I don't think so. No? I, I mean, I th- a lot of people, I hope not. I hope people don't pack up their bags and go because I think the more people we have in this, the more innovative we become as an, as a whole. But, um, you know, there's going to be some, there's going to be some stuff that happens. There's going to be some cutting and there's going to be, there's only so many loan purchases or home purchases that happen in a year. And that's not enough to support, you know, 30,000 mortgage lenders or 50,000 mortgage lenders. I get it, but, um, I hope it doesn't happen. How I many really mortgage don't. lenders are there in Minnesota? Do you know? I don't know. Couldn't doesn't matter. I wish I knew, yeah. but I should probably know that. I don't know the answer to that <laughs> question. Speaking of mortgage so. lenders, I mean, you, you did mention earlier you'd be willing to talk to them. If there's yeah. uh, realtors out there or mortgage lenders, um, I'm sure, you know, it's pretty easy, folks. Just Google Ken Reif mortgage <laughs> and you'll find his information. What's yeah. the easiest way for people to reach out to you, Ken? Phone. I'm a, The posted number on my site is my cell phone. I don't have an office phone. Um so just call me, text me, uh, shoot me a message, add me on Facebook. I'm, I'm around. I'd love to love to connect and help out where I can, and you know, do what I can. No so doubt. now, real estate agents and more other mortgage brokers. This we're gonna find out right now if you actually like this guy because we are gonna do our speed round. Speed round. Oh boy! Okay, no one ready? told me about this. <laughs> this is this is why I do it. I All love right. It. Your favorite Minnesota city. Favorite Minnesota city is Minneapolis. Oh, I man. do love it. I should just say Mankato. There's just so much to do, man. No, I was not gonna say Mankato. <laughs> Sorry. I do love Mankato. I got a I got a heart for it, but no. I love Minneapolis, the arts district. My wife and I are, you know, you know, on the weekends we turn into like sixty year old homebodies, but we, we do love going into the to into the city and seeing plays too. and stuff like that. So nice. yep. your favorite restaurant. Ooh. We argue about this one all the time. Um Favorite restaurant is probably gonna be, if I had to be honest with you, Redstone man. They got the Redstone's best. Great. They got the best salmon. Legit. Like it's Maple just Grove. it's steady Eddie. You can't go wrong there. Love it. Now your favorite fast food restaurant. If you're gonna go fast food, where are you going? Jeez, Culver's, dude. Oh, just there man. yesterday. Concrete mixers too. Butter burger is deadly. Uh-huh. So your favorite candy. Favorite candy, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Duh. Your favorite meal of all time. You're on death row. What are you mm-hmm. eating? Favorite meal of all time? Oh, my gosh. Dude, that's a tough one. Um, I love sushi. Skimmy sushi. No Pretty butter good. burgers? You know what? I take it back. There is a there is a restaurant in not Butter Burgers. That I don't need death row if that's the case. Um, it's gonna happen organically. Um, there's a place in town in Chanhassen, Minnesota called Bonsai Sushi and Korean Grill. They have the Ooh. best ramen ever. Really? Check it out. Ooh. It's in a strip mall. They are the coolest people ever. The owner serves you, and it's the best food ever. Chinese. I could eat that all day. Your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Can it be a trilogy? Sure. All right, nerding out here for a second. I love it. See, this is what I wanted to know. Lord of the Rings, man. I mean, wow, I could have that nice. thing on playback oh, cool. all day long, just rolling. Yep. Wow, your favorite Hobbit from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> there is no favorite Hobbit. They all, they're all terrible. Um, I mean, Frodo is the only useful one, right? Let's Absolutely. be honest here. Um, your favorite cartoon from your childhood. <sighs> favorite cartoon. Um, funny story, growing up, we had one channel in my parents' house. And it was CBS 12. <laughs> uh, so I'd say my favorite cartoon, uh, Ninja Turtles, Teenage oh, Mutant. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. Your favorite book? Favorite book? Um, is the Bible cheating? Big fan of the Bible. Mm, that's that's a pretty good book. Best self help book, yeah, motivational it's book. The out best there. one. I love um, it. Can't go wrong there. No. Awesome. Your favorite band or artist? Music artist. I was going to say Nickelback just to troll everybody. <laughs> I was going to say, that's uh, a troll right there. Oh, man. <laughs> um, favorite band or artist? Um, a queen. Queen, go queen. Oh, have you seen the movie? So good. No, I haven't been able to. Poor kids, yet? man. I haven't. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm not going to be able to watch that, that until that thing's on DVD <laughs> I release. See that. So. I know. Yeah. That's the way it goes, isn't it? That's funny. Your favorite, your favorite song? Favorite song? It doesn't have to be from the artist. Oh, but Bohemian be. Rhapsody, dude. Yeah, yeah, I got to love it. I love it. Your favorite animal? Favorite animal? Yes. All right. I, I've i never owned one, obviously, but and I would love to someday. Kangaroos are the best. They are sweet. Right? Are they not the best? I love them. 
hopping around everywhere. Like it's I'm cute, a sloth guy. cute as a button, but like you mess with them, they'll punch you in the face. Oh, type deal. Did you yeah. see the one where the kangaroo yeah. was? Oh yeah. Did you see the, the dog? The Aussie is it yeah, the Aussie man? The kangaroo in the face. I did the one with the Aussie man announcing it. And it oh, was, I watched that. It's too. My, one of my most replayed. Videos. Aussie man is awesome. So great. I love it. Your favorite hobby? Favorite hobby? Um, oh man, I love. Um, I love competitive like sports, like you know, old guy leagues. So like, if I could, if I could pick it, just anything competitive. I love beach volleyball, um, sand volleyball, or like going to play open hockey or something. Just whatever gets the competitive juices flowing you again. Do you so, get a chance to do that much? I don't, I don't. <laughs> but uh, me and a my good buddy Jay, um, we did a men's league during lunch last year, and it was just a bunch of real estate agents and oh, people perfect. that had a little bit of autonomy in their day and we'd go to the ice rink at like 12 o'clock and just put on some skates and play so that was good ah, that's real cool. good yep and during around this christmas time your your favorite holiday it's it's christmas i mean wow. if you walked into my house right now you'd be like yes places just smelling like what's cookies wrong? And what's wrong with you people yeah. Yeah. Christmas yeah. Lights. we love we love christmas man it's like it's weird it gets weird around our favorite house, christmas right? movie elf yeah, oh, yeah. little wolf Ferrell going oh, on man. that thing is 15 years old and it's Can you believe that? Still. And fun fact for all the watchers out there: Did you know that the elf that plays the supervisor in the workshop it's Ralphie from the old Christmas movie? No That's way! Oh, wow. Look it up. That's I Ralphie, the guy with the red elf outfit and the glasses. It's coming up to him about like Buddy's Ralphie's Boda. the brother. That's, no, no, that's Ralphie, the Ralphie little blonde kid with the, the glasses kid, okay. is going to shoot his eye out. Yep. With the, that is Ralphie. Randy's the brother. Okay. Watch, watch that's it. That's crazy. That's Your crazy favorite stuff. athlete? Ooh, that is a good one. Um, my favorite athlete. You know, I'm a huge Larry Fitz fan. I know Larry he's not. I know yeah. he's not a Viking, but like Minnesota-born dude. Right? Only well, family Catholic. Yeah. Just a good dude all around. Like never made waves responsible travels the world really really good at what he does works so works his hard. butt off and mm-hmm. could you imagine being a wide receiver in this league at his age and still being effective yeah. like oh. i'd say 30 teams out of 32 would pick that guy up in a heartbeat oh, you're so, right no doubt your favorite sports team um it's yeah it's the vikings it was the wild for a while but big fan of the vikings your favorite place you've ever visited um i'd say uh you know, my most enjoyable vacation ever was probably to uh, London when I went with my family. We got to go oh, to London so cool. and then went to Paris and checked out the Louvre and all that. That was cool. Really Love cool. Got to bring the uh, wife and kids now. Yeah, well, Part kids got kids to gotta grow up a little bit first before <laughs> I spend money on that. So. <laughs> Love it. Oh, so fun. Well, th- thank you, Ken Reif, for Thanks, being man. on. Ken appreciate Reif with... being here. Oh, it was great, Ken. I really appreciate we it. We love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Again, my name is Angel Talmontes with Quick Leads Local. And Troy Thompson, Pinnacle Insurance in Minnesota. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, we're out. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Thanks, guys.